Production. Recorded live. Recorded live. I love the way that guy says that. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. It's Janet here with the second call for um, uh, your abundance identity. Uh, first of all, I need to I need to give you a, a sort of an apology up front. Well, maybe just say thank you for your patience for a couple of reasons. This weekend just got it's it's nine o'clock Monday my time, and uh, and also for a bunch of people who are on the call who are from um, Victoria and Queensland from Australia at the Eastern States. Uh, I had an extremely busy weekend singing in two different choirs. My first gig with the gospel choir, my first public gig with the gospel choir. And then doing a big thing on the weekend, a big fundraising event, concert thing with solos and all sorts. So my voice is a little on the trashed side. <laughs> it might be, uh, I can feel it just on the edge of starting to sound a little husky. Uh, and I am very precious about my voice. Um, I ha- Having lost my ability to sing completely for six months and having pretty much trashed it once before, I'm very conscious of making sure I protect it. So I, my intention is to do the full call today. Uh, if halfway through I notice that it's getting too husky, too coarse, too hoarse, or whatever, uh, then I will um, uh, I, I will wrap up the call and we will continue. And and if that happens and it happens too soon, I'll tack an extra week onto the program and we'll just make sure that you get all the material. So you won't miss out. So if my voice falls over partway through, which I don't anticipate it will, I just need to give you a heads up. That's why it sounds a bit scratchy. <laughs> okay, so um, let me find the beginning of my notes because I zoomed too far back. Here we go. Um, I want to start by saying something that almost always happens with one of these kinds of programs, and that is it's really easy at this point for people to feel that they are lagging behind. That that includes people who haven't yet had a chance to listen to the first call. So if you're if that's you please go back and do that. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this recording and you're thinking that you could just kind of skip week one, please don't. Uh, you haven't, you're not behind. There is still plenty of time to catch up. That's one of the reasons that this is an eight-week program is because we could do this in 30 days, but that doesn't do anybody any favours, especially for those who, I, I, and I put my hand up for this on, on several occasions. I'm not always the person who manages to, listen to the first call or get the homework underway in the first week. Sometimes it takes a little while to ramp that up. So for anybody who's not yet, who feels like they might be slipping behind or they haven't started yet, please don't panic. Make a different choice and do the work now. You can, you know, I said um, uh, there's a great Chinese proverb which I'm totally going to steal, which is the best time to start this program was on day one. The second best time is right now. So if that if you did one day of letters to money and you haven't done it since, that's fine. Make a different choice. Do the work. We're going to keep. You're going to hear that from me a lot. And uh, and those of you who know Fabeku will be familiar with that. And you're probably hearing it in his voice with the extra wordage. <laughs> um, but that's what we're going to do. Okay. So uh, I also want to acknowledge that there are some people in the group who came here without any specific anxiety around money. So week one may have felt like it didn't really apply to you. And that may well be true. That's perfectly fine. 
we are going to start doing some work around creating your abundance identity and stepping into it. And as you do that, as you sort of step into this more expanded idea of abundance, this expanded version of who you are around abundance, if you find that that triggers some anxiety or it triggers some old patterns that you thought were long dealt with or that you haven't bumped up against before, then you are welcome to go back and uh, get in touch with the week one material about vibration rehab and get a sense for um, uh, for how you could implement that if that comes up for you as we move forward. So don't think that just because you didn't need to do the work week one work that you can't use it if you need to. So just so that you know that that's there as a as a resource for you. Um, okay. Uh, I'm just checking in again. Oh, we have a whole bunch of new people on the line. Yay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, can I just get a quick round of hello from everyone? Hello. 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 Hi. Hello. Jodie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut yes, off something else from saying hello. <laughs> it's awesome. And we've got people in chat saying hello. Awesome. That means you can hear me. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All righty. So a couple of things that I also want to touch on about things that came up in the group last week um, or, or that have come up in the group during the, the last week. Um, one of the topics, and this again, these may not apply to everybody, but they're worth teasing out just to make sure that you guys know that there, there are um, solutions here. Um, and if you want to continue the conversation in the in the um in the group, or if you want to ask questions now before I dive into today's material, we can do that. So we might want to mop up any questions you might have, any coaching you might need around specific stuff that you've been talking about it that we've been talking about in week one. So I just want to touch on a couple of subjects, and then I'm going to open it up for questions before I dive into the material. <clears throat> so the first thing is, we know that there are some people on the line who have been, or or in the group rather, in the program, who have been. Uh, on the receiving end of some negative stuff around money, some negative energy around money from other people in their lives, the naysayers, the ones who are really addicted to their own negative talk about their own negative stories about money and their own anxieties about money. And the first thing I want to say is I want to really reiterate something I said in the group in response to this, and this is please don't try to change their mind. <laughs> you can't do it with logic. You can't do it with explaining this material to them, usually. There are there are exceptions to this, as there are to every rule. But generally speaking, the most effective and potent way that you can shift their energy is to shift your own. And I'm hoping that for most of you who've been in this situation, that you've begun to feel a shift in your own energy, regardless of what they are flowing. Because what they are flowing is none of your business. It's nothing to do with you. They don't get the credit for how you feel and they don't get the credit for how your brain operates. Once you know that you're the one in charge of your brain and in charge of your energy, in charge of your vibration, once you recognize that, it makes it much easier to say, not literally say, but in your own mind, say thanks but no thanks. One of the tricks that I, I learned from a, a, a mentor of mine many 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 years ago is um, when people are flowing conversation and behavior that, that you don't love you've got two options you can actually leave the room um, and I, I've become quite masterful at doing that myself and you do it in a way that has nothing to do that makes it clear that 
it's not to do with them, it's to do with you. So you might suddenly think of something you need to do in the other room or you might need to go to the bathroom or whatever it might be, something to interrupt the conversation. That's one option. The other option, if you don't feel that, that's, that the situation is quite right for that, is to, inside your own head, simply observe them and say to yourself, this is really interesting behaviour. It's kind of sad for them that they don't know what I know. And remember that as you, work, as you do this work with yourself, it will flow on to them because deliberate positive uh, energy, deliberate, deliberate positive intention is worth a thousand negative stories. Their, their attachment to their negative story is actually much, much weaker than your deliberate and focused attachment or, or, or connection to your positive story. So as you do this work and you develop this connection to your abundance identity, it's going to become um, way, way more powerful than any negative energy that they can bring to the, to the space. And knowing that kind of, I find that's really helpful when you're kind of dealing with that. Um, you may also find, I want to tell you a story of how things unfolded with my husband uh, and I. My husband, just as a, to preface this, my husband is not into this kind of work at all. He doesn't do any of the things that I do. He knows what I do for a living, obviously, but he's just not into it. And that's totally fine. That has to be fine. I can't make my energy and my uh, vibration and my thought processes dependent on him joining me. It's really important for me to recognize he gets to walk his own path. And there have been moments in the past where he's really got himself. It doesn't happen anymore because he's switched jobs now. And there's a separate story to that. I'll share a, there's a blog post I'll share in the, in the group about that. Um, but it's a bit of a sidebar, so I don't want to get distracted. Uh, but basically, there, are, there have been occasions in the past where he's got himself really caught up in a habit of complaining about one specific thing to do with his old job. And, and I don't blame him because he was in a really horrible situation. Uh, and there were times where I would have to simply walk away, almost mid-sentence. We, live we lived in a really tiny house, so it wasn't difficult to kind of say, I'm just going to the bedroom. And he would keep talking, assuming I was still listening, and I would just be zoning out. <laughs> um, there are really strong ways that you can inoculate yourself and protect yourself from other people's vibration. So I wanted to make sure that we all had that kind of really firmly in our minds because as we do this work and as we expand into our abundance identity whenever we do work that shifts who we are in the world it can feel really scary to the people who love us it's it's because they're sort of it's not that they're invested in keeping us how we were it's not that at all they're not trying to keep us down or keep us small or keep us boxed in or keep us limited they're terrified that as we change we might grow out of them so this may become something that that crops up for other people who haven't who currently don't have this operating in their lives you may find resistance from those around you who love you and if you do you want to use the same techniques you just simply don't return that you know it's like if they lob a ball in your direction you just drop your back and say no I'm not playing that <laughs> Um, so it's about getting really in touch with this this desire that we have for expansion and recognize that sometimes for some of us 
our loved ones may feel threatened by this and we need to be really kind to them. That doesn't mean engaging in their scary story or their scary thought. It means just not engaging with it. And as we do the work, it is like a virus. It is like an infection. It will actually start to shift their vibration as long as we are open to the idea of them coming with us. Now, we can't determine how they're going to respond, obviously, but there are some things that we can do that make it easier for them to come with us on this journey, which is always going to be a more fun thing. Again, I, had, I don't talk to my husband about these things in these terms at all. And I can see his relationship to money shifting all the time. It's been an amazing thing to watch and a bunch of other things as well. But, and, all I can, and I have no proof for this, <laughs> by the way. I have no scientific evidence for this phenomenon that as we heal ourselves, those around us heal as well. But I, if I were to say anything about the brain science behind it, I might say that it's to do with mirror neurons and the way that we are wired to empathize and to copy those who are around us. We pick up on others' behaviors and we mirror it. We mirror how they feel. So as we change our, our emotional state in the relationship with money, we help them to change theirs as well. I have no evidence for that. I can't point you to a research paper, but that seems to be how it works. I can certainly point you to lots of experience of my own and my clients. Uh, so that's that's... That's the stuff I wanted to cover from the group. Does anybody have any questions that they want to ask or anything that's come up for them in the last week that they want to tease out before we dive into today's material? Um, that applies to anyone in chat who wants any, to type anything in as well. I'm, I'm looking at chat now. So if you've got something, now's your time. No? Oh gosh, you guys are quiet. You're so good. I don't mean you're good for being quiet. I mean you're good at doing the work <laughs> and asking the questions. I'm assuming everybody's already asked their questions in the group. Fantastic. <laughs> guest six, yes, dealing with money as tax time is here is wonderful. I don't know who you are, guest six, but I'm guessing you're in the United States. And I'll be honest, I, I, tax time in Australia is at the end of June. So I always forget that you guys do tax in April. So this is lovely. I'm really pleased about that. Amanda, hey Amanda. Um, so if you guys have anything specific, if any of you US people have anything specific you want to talk about in relation to tax stuff, um, bring it to the group. Get, give yourself time to think about it. Don't, I mean, if you if you have a question you want to ask, you know, if you've thought of it and got it crystallised in your mind by the end of the call, that's great. We can talk. We can talk about that. But. I might need a little time to sort of wrap my head around it as well. So if you've got something that you want to bring that is specific to tax time, um, I'd, my preference would be, my recommendation would be that you bring it to the group and ask a question there because I think that, that might be um, helpful to everyone. And, and us Aussies will retain it for June. <laughs> we'll make sure we remember it until it comes around to us. All right. So your money identity. Let's tease out what I mean when I talk about identity because, again, for those from Fabeku's world, I use it. This is a different, um, different context, if you like, for the way I talk about identity. What I'm talking about when I talk about identity is the, the version of ourselves, the way our brain perceives us. So when I talk about my abundance identity, what I'm talking about is the, the identity in terms of how my brain sees me in relationship to money. 
not just money, but abundance in general. So it's how my brain understands who I am when it comes to my relationship with abundance. And in the past, my brain's concept of me in relation to abundance was pretty limited. There were a lot of stories going on. There was a lot of restriction. There was anxiety. There were all those things that we talked about last week. Those all were bundled together to form my brain's perception of who I was in relationship to money, money in particular, abundance in general. Um, And we know we can get some clues around our money identity and how it is at the moment. You'll notice I'm calling it a money identity because that's a neutral thing. It's neither good nor bad. We want to aim for an abundance identity. And at the moment, for many of us, um, we have varying degrees of connection to that abundance. Um, We may be coming from a position where our money identity has been we might be able to describe it more accurately as a lack identity or a scarcity identity. And that all it is, is our brain's perception of who we are. It's nothing more than that. It's not, it's not a, a, a core identity. It's just who our brain thinks we are. And that's what we're aiming to change as we do this work together. So um, we, we know, for example, that... Um, if we think about your abundance identity, we know a couple of things about that already. We can make some generalizations about that. An abundance identity is someone who is not anxious about money. (laughs) It would be incompatible. It would be dissonant. There's no resonance here between an abundant identity and someone who is anxious about money. The two just don't go together. They don't fit together. As Baker would put it, they're not coherent. So, That's one of the reasons why we began with making sure you had a technique under your belt that you can use to unhook from anxiety around money because that is not consistent with an abundant identity. So that's the first thing that we wanted to do. The other thing that we wanted to do was give you some ways to look at your old money stories because it is our stories. Our brain talks to us in stories. So it's those stories which... um, which help to inform that money identity. So they both reveal that money identity. They tell us who that that has been in the past. So our old stories about money tell us who that money identity has been. And they also help our brains kind of stay attached to that old identity. And again, that's one of the reasons why we have been practicing stopping that story. Anytime we become aware of an old story, we just stop it in its tracks. Dorothy was amazing um, with her recognition that her old story of I can't afford it is, to use Dorothy's words, that that story is bollocks. Because it is. It's just a story. It's a made-up thing. And as is any story in our brain, it's all made up. (laughs) Um, If you think there's any such thing as objective reality, then um, the, the problem with the concept of objective reality is it might be out there, but I can't perceive it. I can only perceive it in a subjective way. So this is especially true when we come to our stories about money. Um, and particularly, this is, this is true around the stories of who we are around money. So any time you begin a sentence with I am or I always or I never, which are often the ways that some of our stories around money begin, uh, I am always broke. Uh, or I always end up running out of money before my pay goes into my checking account, or 
I never have enough money. All of those stories about money, every time you begin a sentence with those, with those words, you are giving your brain a clear instruction on who you are. You are building your identity inside your own brain. It's like you're giving it a piece of coding, part of its programming. And then as you look, look at the world through the lens of your brain's perception of how, the world, of how reality is, it gives you stuff to match that identity. So it gives you the experience of life that is a match for this old money identity that you, without realizing it, that you've been creating in your brain. Now that we know that the stories are lies, that the anxiety isn't real and we can and we can tackle it and we know how to change our brain's chemistry, suddenly we can we have this opportunity to make a completely new identity that is an abundance identity. Um, and there's something else I want to teach you about brain the brain before we move on because I think understanding just how potent our role is in relationship to our brain is really, really it, it just gives us so much power. So the way that the brain um, relates to reality and gives us the experience of reality, so all of our conscious awareness of reality, it creates a model of reality that, for argument's sake, it's like it makes a model of reality that lives inside your skull. Um, and what you see, what you perceive, what you experience all the time is this model of reality. And the brain is constantly skimming all of the input that it gets to see if it still matches that model of reality. And then it will update the model accordingly. Now we know, um, so, so what you see is not, you don't, none of us do, <laughs> me included. Um, as I'm sitting here in my office and I'm looking through the lace curtain at the fence uh, outside and the tree beyond, I'm, what, my, what I'm actually experiencing is my brain's model of those things. Not, I don't literally experience them, even though that's what it feels like, because I'm inside the model, so of course it feels utterly real. But there is this layer of model between me. It's like I'm seeing the holographic representation of these things that my brain is delivering to me, which sounds really kind of weird, but it's, it's, how, the, it's how the neurology works. And because we're inside that model, it's utterly convincing. And, you know, as we feel the weight of our bodies in our chairs or our seats or, or as we look out the window or look at whatever it is we're looking at or our computer, that model, it seems pretty damn real. It's a, it, and that's how it's designed to work. Otherwise, we would be feeling really kind of ungrounded. It's designed to work so that it feels utterly real. The same thing applies to our sense of who we are. Our brain has a concept of a model of who we are. This applies across the board, not just with money, of course, but that's principally what we're here to talk about. So, so let's start here. And I want to say, yes, everything that you're learning here, you can apply to other things as well, but we're just going to focus on money for the time that we're together. Um, so all those old money stories that I invited you to stop telling, they were a core part of the structure of that model of your old money identity. And every time you've been able to catch the money story before it came out, every time you've been able to say, as Dorothy did, that old story is bollocks, every time you've even questioned the old story, those moments have begun to shift your brain's model of who you are in relation to money. So it's like this model of you, your identity around money that your brain has had, which has been really kind of felt real, 
to you because you've been inside it, as we all do, as we all have, inside our own identity model, uh, you know, construct. As you've been sort of pulling away the fuel for that model, like your brain's been checking in, keeps checking in to see if the model has changed. And suddenly the stories aren't there anymore in the same way. They're not as focused. They're not as consistent. They're not as regular. You've started to weaken the structure of that model. Um, as you've played with the anxiety, those of you who've been playing with the anxiety stuff with Vibe Rehab, as you've started denying your brain the anxiety chemicals, which also formed part of that identity model, you've weakened the structure of that old identity. And if you remember, right at the very beginning of this, I, I talked about the, 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 the concept from Lao Tzu that as I let go of who I am, I become what I might be. We needed to let go of that sense of who we, of that old money identity before we could move on to creating the new money identity. <clears throat> and that's what you've been doing all this week. You've been weakening your brain's connection to that old identity, that, that model of it. So this week, we're going to take it further. But we wanted to, before we could, we needed that bigger bit of wiggle room in, that, in your brain's model of who you are in relation to money. Um, and... So just for convenience's sake, I'm going to refer to that old identity as just money identity. But if, you, if your old money identity has been scarcity or lack, or if it has been just getting by, or if it has been making enough, making just enough, then we're going to kind of, that's how we're going to, re, you know, in your own mind's eye, you can refer to it that way as that old identity. And that's the one you're leaving behind. Now we're going to start doing the work to build up your abundance identity because your brain is readier for that work than it was a week ago, which is really good news. And as I've said before, if you haven't yet started week one, then that's where to start. And I would recommend you give yourself at least a few days. So if you're listening to this recording and you still haven't listened to week one, I'm hoping nobody's doing that. But if you are, then this is the time to go back and do week one. And even if you only do it for three days, it gives you time. To, we, we have plenty of time in this program. It's built that way. All right. I'm just going to check in and see if there are any questions at all um, or any other conversation. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, for the Americans, bollocks is an English word. We use it in Australia quite a lot. Um, in, in America, it's also known as bullshit. So I'm guessing... And it's at, technically it's a it's it's a euphemism for a man's testicles. So you could also say balls, um, just to be clear. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, that was Steffi. Thank you, Steffi. Yes, you've lived in the UK. You would know bollocks as well. Um, I heard somebody say Janet. Yes, was there a question? Hello, hello. Did somebody have a question? And also, Steffi pointed out, so Steffi just said for clarification, so your brain interprets according to your past experiences another info, and that is what you're experiencing, right? Yes, that's exactly right. Your brain filters your um, input. This is what we talked about last week. Um, but just to reiterate, your brain filters everything that, that, that comes in and then delivers to you the little tiny sliver of that that is a match for what it has already experienced. So as you have 
been living this experience of that old money identity, your brain has filtered the input, created this model of your money identity, and there so far there hasn't been anything that's really um, rocked that um, that model of your old identity. What we've been doing in the past week has has basically we've been kind of weakening the foundations for it by stopping telling the stories and by um, uh, stopping the the anxiety chemicals that were associated with that identity. Um, now I do want to say uh, so thank you for for that, Steffi, and for the clarification about bollocks. <laughs> um, the 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 week one work for many of you is not yet complete, and that's okay. So even if you've been working with vibration rehab for a week, you may not yet have completely eliminated the sense of anxiety, and that's okay. The vibration rehab technique, it, the first time you ever use it, it can take a little longer. It can take a couple of weeks. Uh, I have to tell you that as somebody who has been working with it and practicing with it for various different things, it's not that I have the same thing come up or if I have, I shared in the Facebook group my experience with um, uh, getting a sudden flood of anxiety as I hit the submit button to to um, to say, yes, we wanted to do the trip to the Seychelles. Um, the, that was a very specific and, and very focused hit of anxiety that... Um, is, was not the same as the very first time I used this around money anxiety, which was very, very different. It's like there can be layers around a particular topic or you might find it come up with a different topic because you can use this technique for anxiety around anything. You may be using it, um, I know that some people have said they've had a general hum of anxiety. They've realized that they have low-grade anxiety happening all the time. You can use it with that. Um, the minute you become aware of it, it's the same thing. You, as soon as you become aware of it and it comes to your consciousness, you stop and decide you're going to shift it, engage your pleasure toolkit item and use your replacement thought, which for general anxiety would be the more generalized thing of all is well or uh, everything works out, whatever your chosen thought is. So I'm going, to, I'm going to recommend that those of you who've been working with Vibration Rehab, continue doing so until you feel really, really solid and grounded with the anxiety being gone. That might take a couple more weeks. Um, and if you have, if you need any help with it, continue to ask in the group. So don't think that just because we're not talking about it anymore here, that we're not, you know, that, that it's not still something that you want to do. Because you, if, if it's being useful for you, then you definitely want to keep doing. And if you have had any um, uh, issues with, with, implementing it and you haven't asked for help now is the time to do that so please do um, you can either ask on the call here or you can ask in the group but if you have if you started it and you stopped because it was not working the way you expected or if you got the experience that some people get sometimes where it makes you conscious of the anxiety more often because it's coming up for processing then so whatever's going on for you if for any reason you started it and you stopped this is your invitation. You know what I'm going to say here. Make a choice. Make a different choice. Do the work. And we'll keep doing that as long as we need to. I will still be doing it with my Seychelles thing. Although, I, to be honest, I haven't felt any anxiety. I'm still carrying my oil with me. I haven't felt any anxiety about it for a few days. So I have a suspicion that the anxiety stuff has gone. Uh, but I, I do tend to carry my oils with me a little bit for a few days just in case I, it, it pops up again. 
So let's get into the material for today. We, we want to create this new abundant identity. And the, the, the first thing we need to know, if you've heard my um, overall um, identity shift 101, you know that the first move with um, identity shifting, changing our brain's concept of who we are, is clarity. The first thing we need to do is we need to understand who that abundant version of you is. Because if you're going to construct a new model in your head, in your brain, for this abundant identity and inhabit it, which will shift your relationship with money dramatically, if you're going to do that, then you have to get some kind of idea of who that person is. Who is that, that, that abundant identity? What do we know about them? Well, we, we know a few things already. We know some universals about abundance identities in general. First of all, we know that they're not anxious about money. That's why we began with vibration rehab because that's the one thing you need to be able to do is you need a tool that will help you to step out of the anxiety around money. Uh, so we know that about abundance identity. What else do we know? We might know, and this might not be true for everyone, but we might know that our relationship with money is free and easy. I think that would be true of any abundance identity. It's hard for me to imagine. I don't want to set in place limiting beliefs. And I, you know me, I don't love rules. <laughs> but it's hard for me to imagine that an abundance identity has a, bad, has a dysfunctional relationship with money. That just doesn't ring true for me. Again, it's, it's dissonant. It's not resonant. It's not coherent with, being, with having this abundance identity. So there needs to be a feeling of a, a, a flowing and easy relationship with money. Again, this is why we began with letters to money, a sense of getting to know you, just just starting to open up those channels of communication and doing it from the perspective of a loving mentor who wants to have a repaired and loving relationship. Again, where you are in that process if with your letters to money, um, don't sort of feel like you have to jump ahead and force anything from today's call. Don't feel you have to force anything that doesn't yet feel right, doesn't yet feel true. If you may, if you if you are still kind of working your way through that, then keep going at whatever feels like the right pace for you. And again, you can ask questions about this in the group. So um, now I, I have to say I was going to kind of teach all the identity shift stuff in this class and then focus the rest of our time together on just coaching for the next eight weeks, for the next, you know, for the for the whole eight weeks. But seeing where folks are at in the Facebook group, I'm inclined to, to, to just cover the clarity for today and to give you homework around clarity and give you plenty of space and time to work with it. That feels much better to me. So for everybody who is expecting to get all the information in the first two sessions, sorry, but we ain't doing it that way. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to give ourselves a bit more space and time um, because we have an abundance of time. So why not use it? So let's tease out. I want to tease out some different ways that you can get clear about your abundance identity and who on earth that person is. That's your homework for this week is to get clear about your abundance identity. You do not have to yet do anything about it. You don't have to implement it. You don't have to inhabit it. If you have identity shifting techniques that you've already learned from me and you want to implement them, then by all means do play with that. Um, but I will be talking about that in more detail next week. And there might there may be some ideas next week that you haven't that you haven't heard from me before. Um, but for now, I really want you to get the clarity. This is going to be the key because trying to jump ahead to implementation before you know who you're building, 
because this is what you're doing. You are building an abundance identity. And if you try to do that before you get, before you're really clear about who that is, if you're doing it, or if you try to rush the process, it can go a bit cattywampus, as my dear friend Lisa would say. I love that word. Um, uh, it would go a bit pear-shaped. So you, we don't want to do that. We don't want to rush this. So I'm going to cover a couple of different strategies that you can play with. And again, it's up, I want you to play with these. As you listen to them, you may, it may be completely apparent to you which one is, sounds like the most fun and which one sounds the juiciest. That's the one to pick. If you think if you can't decide between them, then play with all three. Have a crack at all three and just see what feels best. Um, if you think they all sound juicy, you can certainly play with all of them. But there's no need to. You don't have to. Each one of these on their own is probably going to be sufficient to give you the framework for this new um, uh, abundance identity. And you can always circle back around. If you decide, if you do one and you kind of go, wow, I really love what I've created here, you can go around and play with one of the other ones to just kind of do a double check to see if it's, see if you've got all the pieces, to see if you've got it so that it's really lined up with what you want and to see if you've gone big enough as well. Because sometimes we can find ourselves holding back a little. So there's a couple of things. I want to preface this by saying, we are not at the moment, I want to be really super clear about this. As you start creating this money identity, this, uh, sorry, abundance identity, sorry, it's the, it's, the, it's the weekend catching up with me. As you play with this abundance identity that you are creating, if you catch yourself thinking things like, I don't know how I could make that happen, or I don't know, I don't, you know, the, the, the people like me could never do that or be that. Or if you think you're, if you catch yourself thinking something specific, like um, I know we've got a couple of writers in the group who are um, who've been working on dropping the old story about how you know that that um, the old story is about how it's hard for writers to make a living. Um, if you catch yourself with one of those old stories coming up in a very specific way around the way you like to have your money come in. So for people who like to have their money coming in through their writing, that's the, that's the goal. If you find old stories coming up about that, perfect opportunity to tackle that old story and remind yourself it's not true. It's just a story. It's not, it's not the rule. <laughs> it's just a part of the old model. And whatever happens, when you do this work of creating your abundance, abundance identity, you want to drop any idea of having to figure out how to get there. We are not playing the how game at the moment. This is completely different. We are, jump, we are jumping over that. Anyone who knows anything about astrology, we're doing the Jupiter thing. We are leapfrogging past the how. We are not getting, Saturn is not invited to this party. <laughs> Saturn is only invited to the party in the sense that we are going to do the work because Saturn absolutely knows how to do that. And we are going to use these techniques. That is the only work we are doing this week. We are not trying to figure out the how. Your Saturn, your inner sort of logistical um, guru may try and say that it wants to figure out the how. We're not doing that right now. That is, for, that is something for next week. This is another reason for delaying the rest of the material for next week. I want you to just focus on the clarity piece. Okay. <laughs> I think I've banged it. I think I've driven that home. I think I've sledgehammered that point in enough. So let's dive in. So there's a, a couple of different techniques. One is to look at your old money stories. 
So we can look at your old money for stories for clues. When you look at the, and remember, if this is the technique you decide to use, we are not doing judgment here. We are simply, what we're doing here is we are mining those old stories for data, for information. You can look at the pieces of your old money and they will tell you very clearly what you don't want because they're stories you don't like. And you can use that to, to, to work out what you do want. Um, so you can, you can flip them around. So for example, the old story of I can't afford it might become I can afford the things I value. I can afford anything I like. I can afford everything I want. So you could, you've got some different layers to that, some different ways you could play with that. Um, the story about I'm reliant on my partner for everything becomes I am responsible for my own abundance. I am responsible for my wealth. I take the credit for my abundance. So you can, again, you can play with this. You will want to play with this in, in um, a few different ways. Uh, the other thing that, um, and, and the other one is uh, th that I've seen a couple of times in the group, um, I make enough to get by. That becomes I make more than enough. And these are examples. So, so these are examples of just how this identity thinks. You want to expand on that to look at the the the, the the nitty-gritty everyday details of that abundant identity, at that abundant identity's life. So I can afford things I value might look like uh, when I go to the grocery store, I buy the best quality ingredients. So there might you might start to get specific details of that abundant identity, abundance identity. As you play with this, be aware if anything gets triggered in the way of old stories because from time to time you're, you're designing this abundance identity and it will look very different from the old money identity. And there may be times where your brain, which is trying to kind of, it's doing its best, but it's been embedded in that old programming for a long time. So there might be times where it will send through a, a, an alert to say, well, that's not true. That's not how things are. You know, a warning, warning, Will Robinson. This is not how things are. What's going on here? So that that's okay. Just be patient with your brain. Remind it that you we are changing things. Remind it that it can trust you. That you do know what you're doing, and carry on. We are not implementing yet. Remember, um, the other thing with old money stories is that you can get information. You can look at the specific circumstances that are linked to those old stories. So you might, for example, have, a, have had an experience of, and I have, certain, have, have certainly had this. In fact, it happened to me just last week, I have to say, I have to confess. Um, I, had, uh, I had transferred some money out of one account into another one, and then I forgot that I'd done that. Um, so I went to pay for something on a card, and it was declined for lack of funds. And I had to laugh because I thought, this will be so funny when I tell the group, <laughs> when I tell my guys that I had I had an experience of having my card declined for lack of funds. And here I am teaching a money program. It cracked me up, but I don't think the lady behind the counter knew why I was laughing, but I was kind of giggling to myself. Um, now, in that circumstance, what was really clear to me was that as somebody who is practiced with flowing abundance, I didn't feel any sense of shame or guilt or um, confusion, I just had that moment of going, oh, really? 
Oh, I thought, oh, that's right. I transferred that money out. And I transferred it into an account where I couldn't access it immediately. <laughs> so I had to basically say, you know what? I'm going to have to come back. <laughs> so when, when I come to that experience, so those experiences can still happen to us. It's not that they don't ever happen to us again. It's just that we experience them in a really different way. So as you think about the experiences that you might have had that are associated with old stories that at the time might have been really humiliating and really filled with shame. And I certainly have been there as well, you know, back in the day. I've certainly had that experience and it's deeply embarrassing. I've, you know, the, the getting caught without the funds experience, not pleasant. Um, so we get to play with this. So as you think about these old money stories, you get to play with um, the details, the, the nitty-gritty details of what that might look like for that money abundance, for that abundance identity. So you want to ask yourself, using those stories, how does that abundant ident abundance identity feel? What does it feel like? What does it look like? What does it sound like? So what things do you hear? What things do you hear yourself say? What things do you um, see in your world? What kind of behaviours do you engage? So those are all things that you can use your old money story to kind of to start to understand. Now for my money, that that is a that is that's not I have to say that is not my favourite way to to figure out my abundance identity, and I'll tell you why. A couple of reasons. First of all, it tends to be a little theoretical, so it's not quite as embedded in the nitty gritty, juicy, visceral details of life because it's a little bit hypothetical. It's also, um, it requires us to revisit the old money stories and you may be at the stage where that doesn't necessarily serve you. So that is not going to be my first recommendation. However, it can be really useful. Um, it can be, certainly be useful as a way to check in if you're using one of the other techniques. It can be useful to just kind of use that as a double check. So, But it might light you up. If that's the case, then feel free to play with it. Um, there's two other techniques that I want to talk about and these two I like better because they are much more embedded in everyday life and that's what we want for our abundance identity. We want it to be something that we can live in our everyday world right now. So first of all, the first one I'm going to use, uh, recommend is, um, or the, I don't mean I'm recommending this as the highest, but it's the best one. These two are both incredibly powerful. You can use either. The first one is the ideal day. If you had all the money that you wanted, what would your ideal day look like? Um, and this is not your, you know, special vacation day in an exotic tropical paradise. We're not talking about that. We're talking about just an ordinary everyday Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day of the week. Um, and this is how you would be. This is your abundance identity. This is who you would be on that ideal day. What would it look like? And you start with how you wake up. So for example, maybe there are flowers on your nightstand. Maybe uh, you drink a really good cup of coffee made with beans from a local roaster. Maybe that's your idea of an abundant lifestyle. I want you to get into the nittiest, grittiest details that you can. Um, and you can take, this will take you probably a couple of hours to, to do all up, I would think. You might do it faster, but you want to do as much detail as you can. So you've got a week to do this. You can do it all in one big sitting and then kind of circle back and check in and see if there's anything 
any details you want to add, or you can do it over a period of time. You can sort of take the first couple of hours of your day and work on that and then come back and do the next couple of hours, however you like to do it. Um, so you wake up. What does that look like? What happens next? Do you make your bed? Is Do you have a beautifully made bed? Um, do you work out in your private gym or do you do a yoga class with your teacher or maybe you go for a run in your beautiful neighborhood or maybe you eat a delicious fresh breakfast or whatever it might be. What does this abundance lifestyle look like? What happens next? Um, do you... <laughs> Sorry, I just got distracted by chat for a second. Fantastic day, yes. Exactly. Fantastic day. Um, and this is... So, sorry, I totally got myself distracted there. Did you hear that? <laughs> Completely off, off on another tangent. So what happens next? No, no, Steffi, don't apologize. I think it's hilarious when that happens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move my um, notes page so I can see the chat quite so easy, easily. <laughs> okay, uh, so yes, what happens next? Do you dive into work that you love? Do you go to work? Do you have a job that you adore? Do you play with clients? Do you work from home? Do you, or do you dive into stories and characters who enthrall you? Do you go to the library and work there on your novel? Do you, uh, do you spend the day editing your novel? Do you, go to a, 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 do you go to a job that you love where you work with amazing people, with amazing, amazing customers, amazing colleagues? What does it feel like? What does it look like? The nitty-gritty details. And remember... If your brain starts to go, but this isn't true, we're not playing that game. We're creating a profile. Imagine, imagine for a moment, actually this might help, imagine that you are creating a profile, a, uh, an undercover profile for a spy. It's got to be really rich and detailed. You can't send a spy out into the world with a cover story that just says, mm, you've got a million dollars in the bank. He's going to get found out really fast if he doesn't have the really detailed um, ingredients, the, the rich and juicy details of the life he's supposed to be living. You're doing the same thing here. You're creating this profile for this abundance identity. So at the end of your working day, what happens next? When you shut down your office for the day. Oh, and by the way, sorry, I just need to backtrack for a moment. If at the moment your ideal day is that you sit around and do nothing all day because you have so much money in the bank, that might be your ideal day temporarily. And I'm here to tell you that after about two to three months, this is, if, if that's the case for you, it probably means that you have a bit of burnout and exhaustion going on and you need to amp up some self-care. And we will talk about that in, in a little bit. Um, but I want you to think beyond that. I want you to think beyond the... So imagine, if you can, that you have had two to three months of just pure vacation, not doing anything, not having to be anywhere. And now you are doing your passion, whatever that is. And you may not know what that is at the moment. That's okay. You just imagine what, that, that, that's, that you've kind of gone beyond that, that time where you needed a rest because I can guarantee that after a while, sitting around doing nothing, it gets boring. You didn't come here to sit around and do nothing. You will, you're, you're, you have a drive within you that wants you to do stuff, <laughs> wants you to engage with the world, wants you to contribute, wants you to fulfill your life mission, whatever that might be. So we're imagining that that's where you're at. So after you do your day's work, when you shut down your office for the day or you get home from work or however, however it unfolds or you leave the office, what happens next? How do you get home? What's your commute like? Do you go to the gym in the evenings maybe? 
I don't know why I keep talking about the gym. I don't actually go to the gym, so maybe I'm maybe I'm channeling something. Um, how do you um, how do you uh, unfold your evening? And how do you what what happens before you go to bed? What does this abundance identity do before they go to bed? Do they plan the next day? Do they write to money to say thank you for an amazing day? Do they what do they do? How does this person live? As you play with this exercise, as you get to each piece of your day, imagine that you are creating the ideal day for this abundance identity. How would an outside observer know that this identity was living a life of abundance? What would be the signs as they observe that identity moving through its day? So that's, your, that's, that's one approach. Um, the, the other approach is similar but a little different and I am indebted to Lisa Hayes for teaching me this technique which she, she taught as part of her lifescaping work, work which I um, participated in a couple of years ago and which helps inform the work that I do now. This is similar to the ideal day approach but it asks you a series of questions about your everyday life in a slightly different way. So again, the point is to examine the various signs which indicate that this is an abundance identity. What would tell us that that's what we're looking at? So you can divide the, the life of this identity into different categories and study each one. Again, you want to spend a couple of hours on this. It takes to really dive down. It might take longer than you think. Um, if you're a little on the geeky side, like I am, you can actually make a spreadsheet for this. <laughs> You can actually list your items in a spreadsheet if you want to, or you can just dot point it, or you can journal it. It doesn't matter as long as you've got these this information. So the categories um, will include things like their relationship to career, mission, job, business, whatever, whatever their life mission is. Um, relationship to self-love and self-care. <clears throat> And again, I'm going to talk about that in more detail in a second. Relationships and behave, relationship with money, and this is, shows up in the thoughts that this identity has and the behaviours that they do in relation to money. Um, relationship and connection with loved ones, with the beloved, um, uh, if there is one, with family members, with um, uh, with the close the close circle. Also, relationship with the wider world, relationship with the outside world in terms of social media and connection to your community and local networks that you might be part of. Um, for me, it would, it's, it's about the, the way this identity, this might be about how this identity shows up, not just in social media where I'm pretty active, but also how I connect with members of the choir, that I'm the choirs that I'm in. Um, and those kinds of arenas. So let me give you an example. And, and another one that I think is really a really good one is how they manage the relationship with their body. So this would be things like posture, movement, makeup, hair, shaving or not for those who shave, clothing, underwear. So let me give you an example of what this looks like. Because what we want to do in each of these categories is really dive down into the detail. And I can share with you... Um, the, the body one, because it's, um, it's quite an easy one. Oh, hello, we've got a ticking sound on the Okay, Central Coast, California. I'm just going to mute you. Thank you. So you had a bit of background noise. It was ticking, so I think it might be um, just an echo happening. But I'll unmute when we get to questions, so that um, if you have any questions, you can ask, ask them. Uh, so 
how they manage their body, posture, movement, makeup, hair shaving, etc., etc. So, for example, my abundance identity, and I can feel myself changing posture as I describe this because I was sitting a bit slouched. <laughs> she stands and sits tall. She walks with a confident stride. She wears flat shoes or low heels most of the time because she just doesn't have time to be tottering around the place. Um, if she's wearing heels and she has to kind of mince around, it's irritating to her because it slows her down. Uh, she, she has plenty of time to include movement in her day and her chosen styles of movement are walking and tai chi. She adorns her face, but she's not a slave to makeup. In fact, if it takes more than two minutes, she considers it a waste of time. Again, she's got lots to pack into her day because she's got so much going on. Um, and that's not because she has to work hard. It's because she has this um, enthusiasm for, for all the things that she loves to do. And she wants to pack as many of those into a day as she can. When she's preparing for a special occasion, in that case... She wears a darker lipstick. She she takes a little more time. She, she'll bother with mascara, which she doesn't normally bother with. Um, if it's a really big event that she needs to do, like if it's a photo shoot or if it's um, a public appearance, she'll probably hire a professional to do her makeup uh, so that she can get the... So the professional can do their thing while she just um, goes zen and gets ready for what she's going to do. Her hair is an easy-to-maintain style, but it's always beautifully cut and coloured. And she colours it for fun, not to disguise the fact that she's going grey. Um, because the grey actually, there's, there's grey and silver sparkle in her hair and she colours it because it looks amazing when she does. Uh, her clothes are stylish but comfortable and she prefers to buy clothes from ethical sources where workers and growers are paid properly for their contribution. She only wears beautiful underwear because she knows that what she puts next to her skin matters. It needs to be valuable. It, it's, there's no point in her putting something closest to her body that says anything other than respect. So she wears beautiful underwear. For the same reason, she's vigilant about looking after her skin and her hands and her nails. So these are all things that I know about this abundance identity. Most of these, many of these, are things that I already that I, that I have been implementing long before I had lots of money in the bank. So this is the key with this ident abundance identity work. The details, when you get down to the nitty gritty details like this, you may well find that actually they are things that you can implement. And I know we said we're not going to start looking at implementation until next week. So so, but I just wanted to flag the idea that as you do this exploration of this profile for your abundance identity, it doesn't always have to be about, um, you know, that she goes into a, any shop she likes and flocks down $1,500 for a handbag. i got to be honest, my abundance identity would never do that. <laughs> she wouldn't see the point. <laughs> I might quite happily plonk down $1,500 for a fountain pen if, if, to get that beautifully engineered experience, but I, I own a beautifully engineered fountain pen that cost me 50 bucks that I bought with money my my mum gave me for, for my birthday about seven years ago. So so I, every time I write with that pen, I in my mind, I am already connected to that abundance identity who would quite happily pay 1500 bucks for a, for a pen. So there are um, there are ways to play with this uh, that will really help to reveal who this abundance identity is that you are aiming for. 
And you may well find there might well be times I know that my abundance identity is happily going to splash out several thousand dollars on a trip to the Seychelles. That is not yet something that I have implemented. And it is something that I am working towards. So as we will talk about that in more detail next week um, when we get to the implement, implementation piece. But for now, um, you can use this, um, you can use either of these um, techniques uh, to really dive down into the juicy details of what this life looks like. And one of the areas that can cause a little bit of, mm, a little of misunderstanding is when we think about behavior and thoughts. So as we're thinking about the behavior and thoughts that this person has around money, remember we're not looking at the thoughts and behaviors that you have had in the past, your old money identity. We are looking at the thoughts and behaviors that will tell us that this is an abundant identity. So again, think of it like that spy undercover story. If we were to be talking to that spy and they're fully immersed, fully embedded in that character, how would they be behaving and thinking about money? This is not, and by the way, don't get misled by the whole James Bond thing. That is not really how rich people behave. <laughs> um, we're thinking about this as more of a real nitty gritty down to earth. You know, rich people go to the bathroom, they do all the same things that we do. They have to manage their bodies. They have to manage their relationships with family and loved one. They have to manage their relationship to their career, their mission. They have to manage their relationship to um, to their wider circle, to their networks, to their, to, to their place in the world. Um, and the, 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 I'm just going to circle back and um, I'm going to open up for questions. Sorry, I'm just thinking out loud. Um, I want to talk specifically about self-love and self-care because that's one really, really important thing and we do not want to skip it and I'm aware that we're at the top of the hour. So I will just pause for a second to see if there are any questions and also to check in with um, chat. Um, yes, guest six says, this is interesting because something that makes me feel abundant is that I don't have to get up and get dressed, get fixed up and get made up. I, I totally get that. I'm, I you, I nearly did today's call in my pajamas. Um, as it turned out, I didn't. Um, but there was guest five. Yes, there's a th there were three things. So there's the first one is the old using the old money stories for clues. The second one is the ideal day, and the third one is the um, the data point list where we look at our life rather than looking at an ideal day. We look at it through a series of categories, and we ask ourselves, who is this identity person? when it comes to this particular topic. So that's where I was talking about how the my abundance identity manages her body. So that was just that one topic. Um, uh, she comes out of the sun. Oh, here we go. Guest 12. Steffi says, she comes out of the sun in a silk dress running like a water in the color, watercolor in the rain. Don't bother asking for explanation. She'll just tell you that she came. Excellent. Yes, exactly. I love it. Um, yes, it's the way of life, the set of values and the preferences. Uh, Oh, guess five, Julie. Hi. Yes, yes. And it was, yes, Year of the Cat, that song. So, um, yeah, I remember. I knew that there was, I knew it was a lyric. I was just not, I wasn't um, remembering where it came from. Sorry, I've been immersed in Gilbert and Sullivan and gospel songs all weekend. <laughs> I need to open my horizons. Um, so, this is what we're going to play with. And the the question that we're going to really want to make sure we include in this is whether we're doing it from the ideal day standpoint. So you need to 
sorry, I'll start that sentence again. So if we're doing it from the category standpoint, we're looking at self-care and self-love as a category. If we're looking at the ideal day, we want to make sure that our ideal day is, incorporates self-love and self-care. And I want to talk a little bit very briefly about why this matters. Self-love and self-care need to be a priority because these we have the work that we've been doing in week one is already moving us a little bit there. We have we've been practicing not judging. We've been practicing dropping the shame. We've been practicing um, being kind to ourselves. We've been practicing compassion towards ourselves. We've been doing all of these things. We now want to make sure that we embed them in our a totally abundant identity life in really specific and concrete ways. So when I talk about self-love. Um, that means it, it, it means all the things that incorporate love. It's just in 360 degrees. Um, there are a lot of ways that self-love as a topic, it's, it's out there a lot, and I'm not a huge fan of it, of, of the way it's talked about in, in some circles. The way to think about self-love that I think is really helpful is to think about it not so much as self-love versus loving other people or loving the ones we love or loving the world or whatever. It's thinking about it as love in 360 degrees. You can't do love completely unless you are also flowing it towards the self. It becomes incomplete. It's like there's a chunk of the circle missing if we're not flowing it towards ourselves. And when I talk about self-love, I mean a few things. I mean, yes, it means respect. All the things that love usually entails. It's respect, it's trust, uh, compassion, um, uh, a sense of, of, of you know dropping judgment, all of those things that that love incorporate that are they're incorporated in love. It also means nurturing, and this is the angle that I want us to make sure we incorporate into the abundance identity, because I think the abundance identity is automatically not going to have judgment in it, because that's incompatible with abundance. Um, that sense of restriction that comes with judgment is not compatible. If we're judging ourselves for being abundant, obviously it's not really abundance. But nurturing is really important. Self-care and self-nurturing are really important factors in the abundance identity. Uh, so I want to make sure that you incorporate those. Uh, and I'm flagging this as a specific thing to, um, to, to make sure we, we incorporate into the mix. Uh, because it, sometimes we can forget. <laughs> we can leave it out. Um, and this is self-care and self-nurturing that feels good. So please don't make the mistake of thinking I mean that it has to be any kind of punishment of your body through working out in a way that you don't like. Um, again, I mentioned, I talk about working out. I don't do working out because I actually hate it. Especially I have a, an old elbow injury that does not respond well to repetitive movement. So anything that incorporates working out, which is anything that's repetitive of a muscle movement does not do my upper body any favors. So, you know, when I talk about working out, I'm actually not doing myself any favors here by mentioning it. But I know for some people it's what they love. And I used to. I was a gym junkie in the 1980s. I absolutely loved it. I absolutely adored it. So you have to go with what your current, you know, what you what you love currently that represents self-care and self-nurturing. So when it comes to, um, so whichever technique you're using, um, make sure that you incorporate that into the mix. Okay. Um, oh, Steffi, yeah. Steffi, Steffi, 
says, and she's completely right, you must care for yourself every day. She lost 2015 because she was sick in bed for 10 months because she had no idea what self-love and self-care were. And she only had two speeds, completely off or 100 miles an hour. So please make sure as you think about creating this abundance identity that you build in the self-care ingredients. That might be a nap. That might be a daily nap. It might be a minimum amount of sleep that you know you need in order to not feel sleep deprived. It might mean specific kinds of food. You know, you can, you can, when you're, if you're using this, um, if you're doing the data points and you're coming from the categories approach to this, you can certainly add categories that, that feel inspiring. So you might want to include a, a separate category for um, your relationship with food. How does an abundant identity relate with food? Um, the, you might want to incorporate, um, you know, if there's any other category that you want to incorporate, then by all means do that. Um, I want to wrap up because we're going 10 minutes over. I didn't want to um, go too long with the material. <laughs> um, and I do want to make sure we've got plenty of time for questions. Um, so there's one final thing I want to say, and that is at this point, this is probably not something you want to share with your loved ones. You, you don't want to be sharing the details of this with anybody else. Um, there is a stealth mode that you need to engage for this kind of work. This work is sacred. This work is deep. It's personal. It is only for you. And as I mentioned at the top of the call, as you do this work of growing into your abundance identity, it is possible for your loved ones to feel a little threatened. So the last thing you want to do is share this with them and trigger that kind of response in them because at this point, this is new and this is a newborn. This is a fragile, tender newborn. And you want to really nurture the relationship between you and this, this identity that you are creating. While it's still new and, and tender, these are little tender shoots. You do not want to ex be exposing this to the light of day in its, with anyone else. <clears throat> you, by all means, share the details in the group if you like. It is totally up to you. You do not have to. I do want to know that you've done the work, so please share where you're, where you're up to with your progress. You know there will be no judgment about this, um, and you know that if you tell me that you haven't yet listened to, to call number one, I'm going to be saying, make a different choice, do the work. <laughs> um, but there's still no going to, not going to be any judgment because it's totally up to you how you you know, how you pick this work up. But as you do the work, for the homework for week two, remember this, that, that you do not want to be sort of blithely sharing this with, um, with your, uh, your best friend or your mates at work or your loved one or your partner or whoever it might be. You just want to be keeping this to yourself. And as I said, you can share this in the group if you have questions, feel free to share them in the group. If you have ideas that you want to play with, and you're not quite sure how to word it, or if you're not quite sure that this counts, or if you've got a confusion about any particular detail, if you have a detail that you like, but you can't see how to get there because, and you can't let go of the how, feel free to bring it to the group. I have some practice in taking a specific detail and finding a softer way to express it that makes it more possible. So but if you have any questions like that or any details that you want to tease out like that, by all means, bring it to the group. If you find it hard to get into enough detail, but you've got a vague idea and you want to get some help with 
nailing down the detail a little more. Again, we're teasing it out. Again, bring it to the group. I probably won't be in the group for the next 24 hours except to post the recording for this call um, because I'm giving myself today off. I, I've had a really busy couple of weeks and I need a day off. And the sun is shining where I am, so I'm making the most of it. Uh, so, so do feel free to share in the group. If you are asking for help in the group, or no, I'll rephrase this. If you see somebody sharing something in the group, please be sensitive to whether they are asking for anything. If they are not asking for help, if they are simply sharing as a way of kind of help thinking out loud, please don't pounce on them and offer advice or help where it's not been requested. If they are asking for help or advice or, or, or ideas, be sensitive to the fact that their identity, their abundance identity may look very different from yours. By all means, share ideas and share concepts and share things, but be ju just be mindful and respectful in how we share things. We all, we all know how to do that. You know how to not to pounce on someone else's newborn idea. So we want to be really gentle with ourselves and with each other as we, as we flesh out this um, abundance identity and we give it the space it needs to grow into a really clear and beautiful picture of who we are creating. Alrighty, um, I'm going to open it up for questions and I'm going to see, now Central Coast California, I muted you because I had some background noise, I'm unmuting you. Anybody got any questions they need to ask or clarification they want to, to tease out with this work? Hi Janet, Janet. It's Jody. <laughs> Do it once. Okay. And we ask at the same Jody, time. <laughs> so Jody, thank you. Who else was that? Louise. Louise, hi. Okay, um, Louise, do you want to go first and then we'll grab Jody. Sure. Okay, I've missed actually the whole call because I had another appointment. Um, but I, I just had a question regarding the, uh, is it the Revibe? Um, I can't think of the name, but with the, the essential oils. The vibe, yeah, the vibe rehab technique, yep. Yes. Um, if I'm finding that, uh, like, sometimes I don't have the, the essential oil with me for one reason or another, and when this, the this stuff comes up then, um, I'm sort of improvising, but have you got any suggestions about when an anxious thought comes up around money or in something else that I'm sure. trying to turn around? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, one of the things that is really helpful is if you can kind of design a pleasure toolkit because the idea is it doesn't have to be an essential oil but the the key to it is engaging sensory pleasure in some way, shape or form and that's really different for all of us. So what you'll want to do is have, uh, have a, a, a list of three to five things that you know trigger sensory delight. And they can be different things for different people. I had my dancer client who had a particular stretch that she loved. Um, one of the ones that I use is I massage the palm of my hand with my thumb. I just find it really pleasurable. Or I can sometimes, the other thing I really like is pulling on one of my fingers just gently, giving those joints a stretch. There's a sensory pleasure in that. And for something like that, you'll need to turn your attention to the pleasure of it because it's the pleasure that's the key here. 
not necessarily the fact that it's an essential oil blend that is for you know anxiety relief. If it is and it act, and it does that as well, that's great. But what we're trying to do here is to release a, a flush of dopamine um, into your brain because that helps to flood away the um, the anxiety chemicals. So um, I do ca- I try and carry the essential oil with me in my pocket all the time. It's I'm I'm actually when I know that I'm going to be using this, I will actually choose clothes with pockets deliberately so that I can have it in my pocket all the time. And there are still going to be times where I can't use it. So if I'm driving, for example, and I've forgotten to get it out of my jeans pocket before I hit the road, um, getting it out of my jeans pocket is too much of a struggle, takes too long, and it's too difficult when I'm trying to navigate traffic. So I will immediately go to my to you know the next one along. Um, the uh, another one is um, stroking something with a really smooth, silky texture, like a pebble or um, I have a again. I have a, a necklace with a very smooth texture to it, um, and uh, in fact, I'm wearing a necklace today that has a couple of um, polished crystals on it that have this really smooth texture. And I will just stroke it for the for the sheer pleasure of that smooth texture. So it's again, it's the sensory delight of it that is where my focus is. And then as I do that. I'll take three deep breaths and, the re- and then recite my replacement thought, the all is well or everything always works out or whatever it might be. Does that help? Yeah, that, that helps because um, I was trying other sensory things like um, visual things and, um, but I hadn't thought to, um, to do it, like, like something like the massage of the hand because I, I tend to do that. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, thanks. That's okay, that's, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting thing. In fact, I want to speak to something that somebody asked in the group and make sure that it's on the recording. Um, it's in my experience, and and this is not universal, so please take this with a grain of salt if it's not how it is for you. But in my experience, the sensory pleasure things seem to fall into a kind of hierarchy. So smell is really potent. Touch is really potent. Taste is really potent. Sight and sound are less so and at a pinch in a really desperate circumstance when we cannot do anything other than just imagine, we can imagine a sensory pleasure. That has the power of about 20%. It, this is through our, um, you know, we can create the flood of dopamine, but we, it, it's no more of a trickle if we're using our imagination, if we're simply imagining a sensory pleasure. But at a, as a last resort, if you absolutely cannot access any of the other sensory um, pleasure items in your toolkit, then you can resort, you can you can fall back on imagination. The other thing I wanted to say that I didn't say yet, which um, I, I, I just remembered that I hadn't said it um, because I use this so often, I sometimes forget every single detail. The what matters, what seems to matter with our neurology is not so much how successful we are at implementing vibration rehab. It is how frequently we not how frequently be but how um, uh, how assiduously we make the attempt so it's it's better to make the attempt every time you feel the anxiety and not necessarily succeed in diminishing it every single time than it is to only try it once every four anxiety experiences so we seem to get benefit from the attempt rather than from the result, from the actual completion of it. 
if you get if you get to complete it, it feels really good. So that's a really good motivation for doing it every time and for making sure you get to the feeling of pleasure, you get to the feeling where your replacement thought, <clears throat> pardon me, feels really embedded. So it's not about how how successful, quote unquote, you are at implementing vibration rehab. It's about how successful you are at attempting it um, each time, each and every time, at, at least making the decision to do it. So so that would be that's something to just bear in mind for anybody who is working with it and finding that they are um, a little erratic around how how they're implementing it. Um, all right, Jody, what was your question? Hello, um, with um, uh, option three, uh, is there a master list that we can access, or are we better off creating our own master list to of categories? I I have a master list of questions that I can share in the group. If that would be helpful, that would be awesome. Thank you. I will do that. I'll share a master list of questions in the group. In fact, I'll do that as soon as I get off the call, and that way you've got them all there. Um, the the master list that I've that I've I've got some, and I've got some examples in there, which are not to do with my abundance identity. They are to do with just a general, a sort of um, more of a business uh, person identity. Uh, so I might strip those out and just ask the question. Just just give you the questions, um, and some of the questions may seem a little irrelevant, they're not. So for example, um, one of the things that you, I don't think this is in the master questions, but one of the things that you could think about, for example, is how does an abundance identity order lunch? Um, for example, I can give you a specific example of this one. Um, when I am at a cafe on my own, in fact, I do this when I'm with other people as well, if I want to tap into my abundance identity, one of the things that I have in my abundance identity is that she has staff. She has personal staff. I'm not, I'm not detailed about who they are. I don't need to be, but I just know that I have probably a personal assistant. And I'm not totally clear on what their role is. I haven't done a job description for the, to, for the, to, for the personal assistant, but I know that I have staff. That's, that's what I know. And so if I'm at a cafe... I will play a game with myself where I will pretend that the server who is bringing my um, food and my drink is my personal assistant. And so I treat them the way I would a personal assistant, which is I'm extremely nice to them. I make sure I make eye contact. It's very easy when we're at a cafe and it's busy and everybody at the table is getting their food and you're midway through a conversation and you sort of just do a glance up and say thank you and then you go back to your conversation. I make a point of... If, if when I'm playing with this, so this is about this is about the implementation, but it gives you an idea of why this detail is so helpful, because of because it gives me a way to implement it. So as I'm as as this person brings my stuff and brings everyone's stuff, I make sure I make eye contact, I smile, and I say thank you in a really heartfelt way, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, because here is my personal assistant who's busy, busy, busy doing all my stuff and she's taken the trouble to bring me food. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> this is obviously, this is a game I'm playing with in my head, but it helps to get my brain on board with the idea of I, am, I have this abundance identity that is abundant enough that I can be gracious, I can be kind, I can be charming, I can be generous to this person. So it, it and it has nothing to do with money. 
Does that sort of does that make sense? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm. So, oh, hello, Taryn. Lost audio. Oh, sorry, Taryn. I think your I think your cat might have done something to the computer. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll do the master list and I will post that in the Facebook group. And um, as I said, you know, I've I've given you a couple of ideas of implementation, just to just to kind of give you an idea of. Uh, not so much necessarily how you want to implement it because we will talk about that next week. Um, but if you get inspired by specific things that you want to implement, then by all means do. I'm not saying you can't do that yet. But just be aware that this is very new and we want to give the clarity lots of space. Um, and we may well find ourselves doing a fair bit of work around this together in the group. I'm going to be doing it with my Seychelles trip. So I'm going to be specifically working on my identity to do with the Seychelles trip with somebody who is ready to go on this Seychelles trip um, because that's, you know, that's my, um, that's, the, that's the focus of my expansion of my abundance identity for this program. That's what I brought to the program to play with and I wanted to bring it to be something that I could play with kind of fairly well, publicly with you guys, um, obviously not with the wider world. Um, because I felt like it would be a useful, um, might be a useful example. Um, okay, so any other questions that anybody wants to bring to the conversation? Okay, we're right at the 90-minute mark. I'm amazed that my voice has held up so well <laughs> and thrilled. Um, thank you, thank you, everyone, so much for being here. If you have any questions that you suddenly think of, by all means, ask them in the group. As I said, I probably won't be in there much in the next 24 hours. I will pop those questions in there. I will put them in as a post, but I will also put them in the file for the um, audio recordings and resources. So what I'm doing there is I'm putting the link to the recording and I'm putting any resources that are related to that recording. The recording will go up in the next couple of hours. It takes TalkShield a little while to crunch the audio. So I will get that in. Um, I'll get that in as soon as I can, but it'll be a little bit later today, which means for, for those of you who are in your evening, you might not see it until tomorrow morning. Um, thank you so much for being on the call. Hello, yes. Oh, this is Catherine. Uh, I'm always calling in by phone because for some reason I uh, get into the chat and it didn't connect sound-wise. But uh, how do I get to your page, um, uh, to page, to get the... To get the whatever you're putting putting in there as as a written material. Okay, so Catherine, is this Catherine Rose Stevens? Yes, yes, I'm sorry. That's okay. No, no, it's all right. I I had a mental blank for a minute. I'm sure you are the only Catherine in the group, but but I may be wrong about that. So I didn't want to just assume. Um, you are already in the group. I will tag you so that you can see it. I think you've already posted in there. So I'm putting everything in that Facebook group that you already a part of. I don't know what... Okay. Um, that yeah. doesn't answer my question. So how do I... Yeah. Do I need to get to the... Talk okay. The I don't get this. No, sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, when when I'm on the call and in TalkShoe, um, there is a chat window for those who have streamed in. Um, and... Uh, so I'm just using that so that people who can't make the who can't dial in can ask questions there. There's nothing in there. I'm not putting anything in there that that you won't see. So everything that I'm all the resources 
including this list, I will be putting into the Facebook group. So you will see it there. Okay, thank you. That makes that make sense? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Okay. Sorry, I'm with you now. I'm sorry, I, I was a bit confused, but I'm, I'm with you now. We're all straight. Excellent. All right. Great. Thank you. Good okay. Call. Excellent. Thank you so much, everyone. I'm so looking forward to hearing that you are You're making fine. progress with this. Um, oh, one final thing I want to say. I know people have already hung up, and I will post this in the group as well. Please continue with your letters to money. Please keep going with those. And as you do so, the things you might find yourself talking to money about what you're doing, about the work you're doing, but just keep it light. Remember that money is, you know, you don't want to put the weight of this this work on money yet. Um we're just developing that relationship still. Okay, awesome. Thank you, everyone, so much. We'll talk again next week. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Janet. Bye. Thanks. Thank you.